And welcome to Oh, a podcast, the podcast about playing games and making games, brought to you by Oarock Studios. I'm Paul Franzen, the head boy of Oarock. And I'm Michael Gray, the handsome one. <laughs> okay, I have to disagree with you on this one. Why do you get to be the handsome one? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna have to put a poll up on the Twitter I'm after totally this. Totally unqualified for for the position. Oh, I, no, I, I, I called it first. So you uh, called it first. I'm so handsome that I've got my face on a T-shirt, which I just did today. I've got it. Oh, you on did. My bed. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We. Uh, <laughs> I guess we can jump right into this. Uh, for uh, for Internet Court, right? Uh, uh, our new FMV game that we've uh, just started casting for, actually. Uh, Michael will be playing the Prosecutor, uh, Super Lawyer 64. And we decided that he should have a Super Lawyer 64 t-shirt for the game. Uh, so yeah, so I put it, I messed around in Photoshop, made something with a text, Super Lawyer 64, and uh, this was the key part. My Michael's giant face giving a big thumbs up. So yeah, so I, I went to the the store, got got it printed and everything today. So oh, it's uh, it's beautiful. I can wear it, uh, and now I can start recording my scenes with the T-shirt in them. Oh, I'll probably yeah. record later this weekend. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, it seems like uh, all all the. Um... The three stars of the game are going to be uh, recording their parts pretty soon. You'll be recording Super Lawyer 64. Uh, Diana Gray, who uh, we spoke with last month on the podcast, she'll be playing uh, Don't Stop Defending, the defense attorney. Um, she'll be recording her parts pretty soon, too. And uh, me. I play Judge Doodles, which yes. is my favorite name in the entire game. I think that was one of, one of Michael's creations. Uh, yeah. So we're we're pretty much raring to go. I'm really excited to see how this is going to turn out. They were basically been... all my creations. So uh, the way this oh, worked right. was we were trying to figure out what the names for the characters would be. Basically, I sent out an email um, to, to Paul and Diana. It's like, okay, what names do you guys want to the characters? What names do you think would be good? And neither of you got back to me. So I'm like, <laughs> if you guys don't pick something, we're going with Judge Doodles, Don't Stop Defending, <laughs> and Super Lawyer 64. And uh, I think Diana went back. Yeah, those sound perfect. <laughs> yeah. No, these are all, I mean, I think they're all perfect. I, I, mean, I threw those out as just bogus names because I couldn't. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, the the idea is that this is a, an internet-only courtroom, right? It takes place basically in like a Skype chat. So instead of using people's real names, they're all using these, these usernames. So yeah, I think this is going to be awesome. <laughs> and I'm very excited to see how the t-shirt came out. Well, there was a slight problem with the uh, the T-shirt. Um, if if you check the image file that that you oh, sent no. me, oh no, oh what did I do? On the upper right hand corner, there's like a green. There's like green <laughs> splotches on the left hand upper left hand part oh, of it. Great. And the person didn't discover it until after they had printed the thing out. Oh, it's like, hey, no. why are there like green blobs over the? Oh no. So oh, I'm um, sorry. that's just going to be in the, uh, I doubt anybody's going to notice it, but. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, maybe the, uh, maybe, uh, you know, 
Super Lawyer 64 just isn't that great at t-shirt designs. Maybe that's it. Yeah, that's 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 his character. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I said, I'm I'm so excited. We Michael and I have been hammering away on the script for like off and on for the past year now. I've been collecting props and costume ideas for my character. Um I probably talked about this already, but I'm really excited my character is just going to like He's kind of disinterested in the whole idea of internet court. He thinks he deserves better things. He wants to be a real judge in a real courtroom. So he kind of takes a, a lackadaisical uh, approach to this role. So um, unlike the other characters who will likely be, you know, Skyping in from their offices or their kitchen tables, uh, Judge Doodles uh, will be Skyping in uh, from his bedroom. I just got a really nice uh, kind of red plaid bathrobe to wear. I think suits the character really well. Um, and I, I, I'm kind of picturing it like I want to pile as many pillows as possible on my bed. I think that sort of fits the character. He'll want to be nice and comfortable. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, that could work. Yeah. Um, so I should be filming from, uh, a kitchen table is what I'm hearing. Um, whatever. I don't know. I, 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 let's talk about this. I don't know. What do you think of what would, what would super lawyer 64 do? He'd probably make a bad T-shirt. Um, <laughs> he would definitely do that. Well, here's the thing. I mean, if I would be recording from, uh, I was probably just going to record from my bedroom, which is the exact same spot that you know, um, Awesome Sauce three nine one four would be uh, re- recording from. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, I might want to try something different. I think I think ki- I think Kitchen has some potential. Um, I was talking with Diana just like an hour ago, uh, about her background, and, and, and she set up a big bookshelf that she's going to be recording in front of. Um, I had been talking with her about how I thought her character is kind of the seasoned veteran of Internet Court, and I felt like she would be Skyping from... she would choose. I felt her character would choose kind of an imposing background uh, to try to intimidate her opponents. That would be cool. I've got my bookshelf, but my... <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I'll see what level I think the one that's level with my head is the entire Babysitters Club book collection, which is slightly less that would imposing. Be pretty funny too, <laughs> actually. Oh, okay. So, so maybe kitchen, maybe office, like you were saying. Yeah, I know where I was gonna. Well, here's the yeah. problem. Um, yeah, this is a weird thing to have a problem. I know that uh, we've got two different scenes that we're gonna film. Um, yes. Let's see. One is what do you say? It is like the office. I think was the uh, the analogy you went for. Yeah, they're like they're like the interview segments in the office or like a reality show testimonials. Is that a word that people yeah, I use think when that's they're the talking word. about testimonials, those? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there needs to be two separate backgrounds for both of those scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought for uh, I, I was going to do that on um, a couch the the testimonial because that seemed very okay. That seemed like it would work, but then I remembered. Um, that the basically the opening scene uh, during my testimonial. Apparently, I have to eat a lot of food. Yes, <laughs> that's right. I'm looking at the script right now. <laughs> burgers and burritos and uh, sodas and, and, another, and another burger. burger. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so how am I supposed to handle the soda? Because I've got a, I, I, you know I've got yes. a can of Surge which I saved specifically for this. Oh, cool. Uh, I'm not sure I counted it as a business expense, but. <laughs> 
It's like, do I hold it so the name is not visible? Or, I would, uh, yes. I would, I would, I would like cover the, the name, the logo with your hand. I think that would probably be best. Mm-hmm. I think, um, when, <laughs> in Awkward Steve, where there's a scene where I drink a bottle of Mountain Dew, and I did that very, very badly. I just put masking tape over the logo because I thought I saw them do that in a TV show one time, and it just looked so bad. I think, I think, uh, just trying to cover it with your hand would be a little more natural than that. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Um, yeah. That will require... <sighs> yeah. Uh, basically, the problem... I don't know if this is a problem. I just need to find some place to film so I can film it all myself, because I know my... <laughs> Who, who's going to be filming for you? Do you have, like, a tripod or something? Um, no, well... <laughs> Okay, actually, let me let me back up. I was originally going to film it all on uh, my laptop. I would just put my laptop on my bed and talk into the laptop. Um, but then I actually tested recording footage with my laptop, which I had never, ever done before, and it looked so bad. It looked like I was recording it on a Game Boy. So then I tested it with my cell phone instead, and it looked much better. So I think I'm going to do is I'm going to still set up my laptop on the bed, but I think I'm just going to use that to kind of prop up the phone. <laughs> okay. And then, but then that way I can have the script right there on the laptop too. And I, and I think there are a couple scenes where I'm supposed to be typing or, or playing with the mouse. So I can still have that for the, for the audio effects there. So yeah, that's sort of what I'm planning. I haven't quite tested it out all the way. Uh, so we'll see how that works. Okay. Well, those were the only th- things i i mean i imagine problems will arise when i start recording and i'll just come up with solutions there yeah that's how it works i know there's the gosh i don't know how to deliver any of my lines (laughs) (laughs) like i know there's Uh, one line that uh you know somebody calls me super lawyer and i say um uh oh gosh it's oh i'm not (laughs) super lawyer super lawyer's my mother uh, that that's Super Lawyer sixty four. Super Lawyer yeah. is my mother. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's Super Lawyer sixty four. Actually, uh, Super Lawyer is my mother. <laughs> I, I don't know how to deliver this. Yeah, I like I like the first one. I mean, I I was yeah no 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 no. I I like how your your comment was. Thank you for letting mm. me get away with this stupid joke. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what stupid joke I you you let me get away with now. Oh, uh, I think we we let each other get away with a lot of stupid jokes. So yeah, lots lots of excitement. I'm I'm practically giddy over this right now and part of that's just because right before recording this we were able to get a lot of uh, a lot of planning done. Um a lot of a lot of stuff kind of set in stone that wasn't set in stone yet. My mom's going to be playing a role. Uh, this is this will be news to everyone who's listening. <laughs> my mom, my mother was cast in, uh, as yeah, as one of the characters in the game. So I I just planned a trip to uh, New Jersey in a few weeks to to drive down there and film them with her. Yeah, see, that's a problem. I can't get my mother to do it. The odds of her being able to like record anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but how good would it be if our moms were both in the game? That would be so good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. no. It would, but but like I said, I I kind of already promised a role to uh, uh, Luann, so we'll we'll see yeah. if she takes it. So yeah, that sounds great too. I I meant I meant to do it. I just I just forgot it when <laughs> when we were we were in person, and she said yes, I'd do it. It's like she's like yes, I'll play Angry Woman in Pizza Boy, 
And I yeah. forgot to take the picture of her being angry, which is uh, literally all that role is. It's one picture of her being angry and offended. Yeah. It's not a major role. It's major in terms of the plot, but not in terms of acting ability, I suppose. Speaking of which, so you've been doing pretty well with uh, Pizza Boy. and Yes. Uh, this happened in Twitter in the past month. Uh, uh, Victoria, who plays... Finley um, was mm-hmm. posting stuff on Twitter about Cat President, or you were posting stuff about her playing Cat President. Yeah, yeah, she was, well, she was doing a, a live Let's Play first of uh, The Beard in the Mirror, and then she followed that up with some Cat President. Um, and I think she had done some Cat President routes uh, earlier, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just hard for me to, to see her, because you know, my only interaction with her is seeing her, you know, in this actual game. And I just, just like, two days earlier, you know, seeing the scene of me and her being super awkward with each other. I'm like, no, no, oh. oh. No, it's, it's, I don't know, I I really enjoy popping into uh, into Twitch streams like that of, of people playing our games. Um, with the beard in the mirror, so... There's like there aren't that many let's plays of this game out there. There aren't like not very many people have streamed it um because not many people bought the game. Um so this was one of the first times I got to experience what it's like to watch someone play my game live and read out loud all the dialogue that I'd written. <laughs> which which poor Michael, which you've been experiencing quite a bit over the last year <laughs> and it's it's very awkward and very uncomfortable like I'm like reading it. I'm just like cringing and not at the delivery, but at the lines and like rewriting everything in my head on the fly. Like, oh God, everything's terrible. I'm terrible. This is awful. It's, it was a, it was a fun experience. (laughs) That's sort of what I've been going through because I've been rewriting my games. So yeah, I understand. I guess I can talk about that. Um, let's see. So I've got this game for, uh, uh, Choice of Games slash Hosted Games, a Pride and Prejudice game, which uh, has basically gone through beta testing. That's sort of what's uh, been going on this past month. In terms of that, it's just a text adventure game, but mostly just a text game. It's based on Pride and Prejudice. And, uh, you know, I finished writing the game. It took forever. It's like 500, it's like 500 pages or so, which is absolutely massive. <laughs> Um, now granted you're only going to see like 30 to 40% of the script in any particular playthrough. There's a lot of like (laughs) every chapter I basically, you know, I wrote the chapter for the main pathway, copy, paste, rewrite it for uh, the Fitzwilliam pathway, copy, paste, rewrite it for the Collins pathway, copy, paste, rewrite it for the Bingley pathway, (laughs) and that's it. Um, but, uh. How's, how's testing been going? So the beta testing's been going well. Um, I had to change the name of the game. I, I wasn't sure about this. So, um, I mean, the original title for the game was just Pride and Prejudice. And uh, somebody suggested you should call it um, XXX, uh, A Pride and Prejudice Tale, or a Pride and Prejudice hmm. Game. Put Pride and Prejudice as a subtitle so I won't get sued by any of the Pride and Prejudice movies. Oh, sure, yeah. I'm like, hmm, I don't... On the one hand, that makes sense, and on the other hand, it totally doesn't make sense, because the book very much is public domain. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of the the same roundabout discussion we keep having with the Sherlock Holmes game, too. Just, it's... 
so much of this legal stuff is just so challenging to work through, and, and obviously neither of us are lawyers, so it's it's difficult to figure out what we're allowed to do and what we're not. I want my Super Lawyer 64. I've got a t-shirt. Yeah, we play lawyers in a video game. We don't know anything. I'm not actually a lawyer. I just we're pretend. a lot like Phoenix Wright in that regard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so the title is now The Courting of Miss Bennett, a Pride and Prejudice game. Oh, I like that. That's nice. Mm-hmm. And uh interesting thing about the couple of titles I was shooting around, um, one of the suggestions people wanted us to, like, change, you know, make it so you can pick the name of the main character. And um, having it be Miss Bennett in the title totally lets me do that, rather than, you know, basing it off her name, Lizzie. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's definitely something that um, that Choice of Games fans specifically like. They like that kind of customization. This... So I can see that working, yeah. <laughs> this game doesn't have too much. <laughs> uh. I feel kind of bad in terms of customization and things like that, because, um, I-, I mean, like I said, there are four or five different store. There are five different pathways, but they're not all, like, too completely different from each other, if that makes sense. Sure. But, I mean, the, the testers are enjoying it, though, right? Oh yeah, the testers are pretty much yeah. enjoying it. They, they like it. Cool. No, everybody, everybody loves the game. <laughs> it's just <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Oh, I'm really happy to hear that. That's great. Well, there have been a couple complaints, so um, I guess just put this through. I feel weird talking about these uh, uh, these complaints because um, let's see. So Diana and I, uh, Diana Gray, who who we've been talking about earlier on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was a project she and I kind of started like four or five years ago at this point and we did the first five chapters of this so i think she did chapters like one through two i think she did one two and i did three four and five and uh at the time we thought we were going to do the game and uh basically how are we going to do it we're going to do old-fashioned language or we're going to do modern language and so um basically we kind of went with uh a mixture of both, if that makes sense. The characters okay. tend to use modern slang. <laughs> I feel like I'm dumping way too much information on you. Wait, I'm just, I'm just picturing, like, cool, dude, said Elizabeth Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is a grade-A jerk, she says, says to, uh... uh... <laughs> In any case, yeah, no, the, the demo um, that I put out only covers the first two chapters, and so I've got a couple couple of things about that people saying i don't like how it's got modern slang every now and mm. then it feels weird especially because it takes place in the 1800s i'm like yeah but diana wrote those chapters don't blame me <laughs> is that what you said not not to them no, no. <laughs> I don't know, it just feels weird kind of in general that uh the demo is the two chapters that i didn't write at all mm. Yeah, I can understand that. If that that. makes sense, yeah. But, you know, I kind of rewrote over them. Sorry, Diana. Um, I changed things up. Uh, I kind of cut out, uh, you know, half of the modern slang and stuff like that. I kept her Justin Bieber Mm -hmm. joke because I don't think anyone picked up on that. (laughs) What was the Justin Bieber joke that you guys wrote into Pride and Prejudice? I have to know. So uh at the uh, this is in the first chapter. Um, you you can you have the option of playing music at a piano and you know you can play a piece by a Beethoven, you can play a waltz or you can play a medley of songs by an artist no. known as JB. 
No. And if you play the songs by JB, he, she sings horribly uh, along with the songs, and everybody just kind of recoils in horror, and they don't like it. <laughs> Jeez. Nobody complained about that one, though? Nobody nobody seems to have complained or picked okay. up on it. I actually got a complaint about the waltz. He said, hey, it can't be a waltz by Chopin. Chopin was born in 1910. <laughs> this game takes place in... Uh, uh, no, 1813, and he was born in 1810. So it's like probably didn't write a waltz by him. He was sort of three when the the book <laughs> takes place. I'm like, okay, man. now it's just a waltz. Man. <laughs> That's so interesting. You you had like a lot of people testing this game too, right? Uh yeah, it's surprising. Over over like 15, I got like 20. I'd say 20 to 25 people who uh yeah volunteered. It's interesting because I really wouldn't have. I normally wouldn't have that many um, uh, testers. In fact, I normally wouldn't ask for that many testers. But uh, choice of games requires that you do like beta testing on their forums. Mm-hmm. So I did. Yeah, I just, I just think that's so interesting. Like our game, like none of our games have ever had that many testers. Like I think the most we ever had on a game, it might have been like five or six. <laughs> So I mean I think that's cool because you get a you get a wide breadth of feedback and you know you take the stuff that works and makes sense and you don't take the stuff that doesn't I think that that sounds like a lot of really useful information though. Okay, so I've got uh, I'm just checking it now. I got eleven different. I mean I've got ten different um, beta testers right now, and I think I've got three people I need to message, and then that's about it. I've sort of. I finished my to-do list for uh, this game. I had my to-do list of things to to do based on uh, feedback from uh, the beta testers. You know, there were a couple of scenes that they wanted me to rewrite. Uh, inconsistencies with the Oxford comma. I don't know what the Oxford <laughs> comma is. Oh, that's the um the, the serial comma. The th- you know what the Oxford comma is. You wrote a joke about it in internet court. Yeah, I forget what it is, if that makes <laughs> it's, sense. It's the uh, it's the third comma in a series, so red comma, wh- or sorry, second comma. Red comma, white comma, and blue. It's the one after white. Oh, I always thought the comma that appears before and in a series. Yeah. So I just went with no, no Oxford comma, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think if they're saying there's an inconsistency, then they probably found, like, one or two spots where you did have the, the, the comma there, then, mm-hmm. is what I would how I would interpret that. But if they didn't tell you where those were, I mean, that would have been helpful information to have. Oh, no, they they, they, they did. It was... Um, oh, they did? Okay. But yeah, no, cool. I just kind of switched to no Oxford comma. So here's the weird, yeah. here's a weird um, thing. Uh, three people ran into a situation. I don't know why or how, but... For some reason, at certain points, the game would... I don't know how in-depth to go with programming here. Let me just make up a, a, a programming thing here. So it's like, if Bob likes cheeseburgers, then the script is, Bob walks down the street thinking about cheeseburgers. Else, mm-hmm. Bob walks down the street thinking about nothing in particular. So I have a situation like that. So, you know, if yeah. one particular um, you know variable is hit... This happens. If not, other thing. So people would run into situations where both those options would show up at the exact same time. Uh. So Bob is thinking about cheeseburger. Next paragraph, Bob is walking down the street thinking nothing in particular. And yeah, 
I have no idea how that happened or why it it's so confusing. Because huh. it's like, if if this, else, I mean, or else, it seems pretty straightforward. Yeah, so I guess if, if I were troubleshooting this specific issue uh, with Bob and his cheeseburgers, I would look at the cheeseburger variable, the one that determines whether Bob likes or does not like cheeseburger, would probably be like cheeseburger equals yes or cheeseburger equals no. So I'd take that variable cheeseburger and I would search through the whole script for every possible circumstance where the variable cheeseburger can be set one way or the other and and try to look at all of those instances and see if there's any way it can get messed up if there's like a way that he can the player can set it to yes and then set it to no later or if there's a way that the variable doesn't get set at all maybe that would somehow trigger Mm -hmm. both things to happen yeah so i think what happens is um well no generally Is learning how variables work. Uh, you know, I would not program the w- the game the way I programmed it if if I knew some of this <laughs> stuff at the beginning. Yeah. So uh, apparently, you can set a variable to be like either true or false. That's one of the options. Yeah. I thought variables all had to be numbers, and so I I, I gave them number zero is no, and one equals yes. Uh. <laughs> that's why I did pretty much every single time, and I was kind of dumb and made very non-descriptive names so i've got chapter one variable one chapter three oh, variable michael no chapter four oh, variable no oh there's gonna be a nightmare to try to find out what happened oh i'm so sorry well oh that's yeah it was interesting yeah. today somebody caught something which was um if you choose to write a letter of Charles in chapter 13, that's chapter 13 variable. And, uh, you know, I set up this variable to track whether you sent the letter to Charles in, in chapter 13. And then in chapters 14 and 15, I forgot that I'd set up the variable and I just presumed that, you know, y- you you wrote him the letter. Oh, yeah, okay. And the tester caught it. It's like, whoa, whoa, I chose not to write the letter. Why are they talking about the letter that that, you know, she sent? So it was pretty easy because the variable had already been created just to go back and, um, you know, if letter was sent, that is, if variable, Mm. chapter 13 variable equals one, then this, else, then that. Yeah. Good testers, at least. Sounds like they're catching a lot of good stuff. Yeah, they caught a lot of good good feedback. So, yeah. Yeah. So I've got three more testers to, uh, I guess, uh, send messages to, and then I think I'm done i could just submit the game and see if they like it um there's a couple of other things though okay i've got this one page on on the wiki which um talks about metadata and stuff like that which i suppose i'll have to do what like the name of the game and the author and stuff like that is that what that is let's see adding an author to your game customizing text uh customizing the game's title that's probably something i should do (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> it might be a good idea to have the title and author in there somewhere. Changing the description at search engines, see. Oh, oh my. Right, because um, the, these games, they're, um, they're like browser-based, right? This isn't something you download off of Steam. This is something you play in your browser, and I guess um, it's monetized with ads. Is that correct? You have five different possibilities. Um, I've actually really? seen Really? Okay. So when you're submitting the game to them, you uh, can do this. Okay, it says pricing. How would you like to charge for the game? We might override the decision, but we usually defer to your preferences. 
So uh, option number one, I don't know, choose for me. (laughs) (laughs) Option number two, it's free to try. So after a free trial, they charge to, uh, you know, get the rest of the game. Um, Option three, free to win, and you charge money to disable the ads. Yeah, okay. Okay, number four, pay to play, just don't allow a free trial. Looks like option five is don't include ads or charge money at all. Mm-hmm. And then option number six is other, and you get a box that you can explain other. Okay, so uh, do, do you do you have an idea of what you're leaning toward? Uh, my wife said we should go with uh, the, the charge to disable ads. Yeah, okay. The, the free to play and free to win. But then do you do you, as the writer, get money for the ads as well? Do you I, know? I don't know off the top of my head. What I did was I clicked the submit button to see what it's mm-hmm. like when you try to submit a game, and that was like one of the first things that came up, and that's where I stopped. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Interesting. Well, that, all, that all sounds very cool. I uh, I wish you great success with this. I mean, maybe um we've, we've talked uh, on a few episodes now about your writing games for choice of games, so maybe this will help over to open up more avenues for you with them. Maybe they'll they'll play your Pride and Prejudice game and be like, man... We need that guy. We need him. Let's give him more stuff to do. <laughs> They'd be like, wait, wait, wait. Was this the Pride and Prejudice game we rejected? What were we thinking? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. Yeah, because I know, I know Choice of Games also can and does uh, post games on Steam and on uh, like iOS and Android too. But I guess that's just for the Choice of Games label, not the Host of Games label. Mm-hmm. Um, unless I totally misunderstand all this. I, I Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering is if I should set up like a website or something for my games now. I don't know. Mm. I know you've got your is it would you say you have a website or a blog or both? Oh, uh, I would say I actually have a couple of uh two different websites. Um I don't really uh all right, so I have there's I have oarock.com, which is the website specifically for our little company that that lists all the games that we've developed or published or whatever information on how to get in touch with us, information about the podcast. Um, and then I also have uh, a personal website, paulmfranzen.com, where it lists not just O'Rock games, but uh, games that I've worked on for other companies, the contract work, proofreading, testing, writing, stuff like that. Um, so I have, yeah, I have a, I have a couple different sites. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll have to think about it. Uh, that sounds like, I, I, that sounds like work and effort and trying. Um, it's very difficult for me to determine, like, the efficacy of these sites like i don't know if they're doing anything for me at all <laughs> i know that uh orock.com i sometimes get people filling out the contact form trying to spam me so i get that sometimes uh or people trying to get me to sell their our games in one of their bundles but it's it's never like humble bundle or any bundle you've ever heard of it's you know bob bob's cool games bundle and they want me to <laughs> sell Cat President, our best-selling game for two cents a copy or whatever. Like, um, so yeah, I get a lot of spam. I don't know if the websites actually do anything else for me or not, but I, I kind of like having them just, just as like a way to organize my my work in the world. Yeah, I feel like that would be the main thing. It'd be uh, yeah. just, hey, if you liked this game, check out all this other stuff that yeah. I've done. And it's it's good for putting on business cards and and telling people to to go check it out. Like I mean, that's what I've done at conventions before. I'm like, you want to see more about Oh Rock? Here's our Facebook. Here's our Twitter. 
uh, and lots of stuff on our website too. So yeah, plan- giving giving people a ton of different options for ways to to figure out what we're doing and then buy our products. Mm-hmm. Let's see. So, what games have you been playing lately? <laughs> Uh, should we should we go back? Should we loop back to Internet Court or Pizza Bar or anything? I felt like we spent like I rushed through everything we've done on those games in like two minutes. Well, with Pizza Boy, um, it looks yeah. like you've done what one and a half, two chapters. Uh, yeah, in the past I've, month? I've yeah, I'm like flying through Pizza Boy all of a sudden uh, now that the holidays are over and I don't have any big contracts I'm working on. Like I'm able to spend much much more time on Pizza Boy than I have been. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, one of my big projects was the pizza slicing mini game. That's right. Did, did yeah. you get a ch- Did you get a chance to play that yet? I did. <laughs> <laughs> so there was like a solid week where I was doing nothing but editing photographs of pizza, basically. That was such a weird puzzle. I'm surprised you let me keep it in the game instead of just... <laughs> no, it was fun. I mean, there's there's so few actual puzzles in the game. I didn't want to get rid of that, but yeah. Isn't that like um, the only puzzle in the game? It is, I think. <laughs> I think so. Everything else is just like straight up dialogue decisions. Um, yeah, there are faux yeah, so... puzzles, like which apartment building do you want to go yes. to? And <laughs> it's always the third option that's correct. <laughs> It's a it's a series of puzzles where you're trying to slice pizzas to get the right number of slices in the pizza. Yeah, because when I worked at the pizza place, it, it was surprising to see how they sliced pizza, because that's totally not the way I ever did it at home. They don't use a pizza slicer or anything. It'd be a lot easier if they used a pizza slicer, but they use this giant, weird, U-shaped thing, and... It, you rock it back and forth to slice pizza. It's strange. So, <laughs> but yeah. So for for there's there's four different pizzas you're supposed to slice up, right? So for each one, I made like a color coded flowchart for all the different op the, all the different possibilities that your pizza could end up with. So for the first one, like it was a cheese pizza. You could have a cheese pizza cut into two slices, three slices, like six slices, eight slices. There were three or four or five or eight or a bunch of different options for how that pizza could look. Uh, and uh, the way I decided to do this was I wanted a picture of a pizza for every possible thing that could happen, uh, which which became ever more challenging the further we got in the puzzle. And by the, the fourth pizza, I think I needed something like, you know, over a dozen different pictures of pizza, maybe more. <laughs> so the way I did this was I bought a lot of frozen pizza and ate a lot of frozen pizza. <laughs> Like once or twice a week, I would I would microwave my pizza. I would I would consult my color coded flow chart and and slice the pizza to the appropriate picture that I didn't have yet. <laughs> so this 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 is over the course of like you know three or four months of me eating and and slicing and photographing all these all these tiny tiny pizzas that I then went through and photoshopped. And to be honest, I don't know if it really the result looked as good as I had envisioned it in my mind, but. Well, people notice. <laughs> yeah, if, but but I mean, the, the thing is, I didn't know, I didn't have a good idea of how else to do it. Like, I could try to Photoshop a pizza so that it looks like it was sliced, but I didn't think that would look great. In any case, uh, there was a lot of pizza eating and Photoshopping and photographing uh, going on in the in the making of this game, and I was just nonstop hungry for a very, very long time. <laughs> you did not quench the hunger. 
<laughs> well, especially when I was photoshopping, I, mean, I spend like an afternoon photoshopping pictures of pizza, and you would think that would make me sick of pizza, but it was the opposite. I craved nothing but pizza at the end of that day. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because you know uh, that job clearly made me sick of pizza after a while, oh, but it's okay. Oh. It's okay. I still love you, pizza. <laughs> yeah, so so that's where our pizza boy it's 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 moving forward uh rapidly. I'm I'm nowhere near saying giving even a release window, let alone a date, but I'm I'm very happy with the progress at least right now. Um and I'm 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 finally running out of Photoshop work that I have to do for the game, which is good. <laughs> like I haven't had to photograph a uh, Photoshop a picture of Michael in at least a month. Oh, oh, that's so sad. Oh, yeah. I think I've photoshopped, like, I think I've photoshopped you over a hundred times for this game, something like that. That's pretty bad. <laughs> oh, maybe not that much, but 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 definitely uh, a lot. Anyway, I think uh, before you were going to ask uh, what games we've been playing lately. Uh, yeah, yeah, because this is a podcast yeah. about making games and playing games. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I just... Uh, I wrapped up uh, Steins Gate Zero, the the sequel to Steins Gate. Uh, didn't like it as much as the original, but it 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 had its moments, I guess. Um, that's that's what I've been doing. What about you? Um. Oh yeah, I'm playing Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, the new Zelda game, because I just got a Switch. So yay! Oh. Have you licked the cartridge yet? No, I don't know where to lick the cartridge. <laughs> anywhere, anywhere on the cartridge. It tastes awful no matter where you go. That sounds... Okay, never mind. That's... <laughs> That's the big thing. You've seen people talking about that on Twitter, right? Yes, yes. I've also seen people talking about, you know, eating Tide Pods on Twitter. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> well, I wouldn't recommend eating the cartridge. But no, Switch cartridges, they're famously uh, bad tasting because they want to discourage people from swallowing them. And, and it's had sort of the opposite effect. Of encouraging people, dumb people on Twitter, including myself, to put them in their mouths. Yeah, so I'm not really liking the uh, Zelda game, to oh, be honest. No. It's, it's, what do you call, an open world game? I've never played these open world games before. Um, right. I know they were trying to make it like in the way of Zelda 1, but I kind of think the first Zelda game isn't very good either. If that makes sense, but uh, most of this game is just wandering around an empty overworld. Um, I'm I'm sorry, I I was kind of hoping for a more traditional Zelda game where you know they've got like storyline and and characters and oh. lots lots of dungeons. Um, instead, they've got these things called shrines. Apparently, there's like 200 of them, which is sort of like a mini puzzle. It's sort of like a mini dungeon. It's generally like two or three rooms or two or three puzzles that you have to solve, and those have been kind of neat. So I'll give the game credit for that. The shrines are cool, but they're still just way too much. I'm just wandering around through scenery, which is empty. I know some people uh, are big fans of that, but I no, I just want to get from point A to point B. <laughs> <laughs> I have that problem whenever I play an open world game where the 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 goal is sort of murky. Um, I just <laughs> I get distracted by all the shiny all the shiny scenery and then quickly bored getting lost in the scenery and I never get anywhere or do anything fun. Yeah, I've sort of had that problem with every uh yeah. Zelda game since like 2003 though. So Oh. I just, you know, I I guess I'm just not a fan of big overworlds. What what can I say? <laughs> 
So would you say it's more like Breath of the Mild? Oh, ouch. (laughs) I haven't even gotten to the part where the title makes sense. They have not justified the title in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) Oh, oh, here's the thing. The game doesn't start with an opening cutscene, if that makes sense. The cutscene is Link wakes up in like a pool, and then that's it. We don't get an explanation of who he is or what's going on until like two hours into the game. And he's naked too, isn't he? Uh, he's got boxer shorts on. He's fine. He has boxer shorts. He's got okay, he's yeah. got his trunks on. Um, he's pretty naked. He's pretty naked though. He's pretty naked. Um, but uh, let me see. It's within the first minute that there's a treasure chest with pants and a treasure chest with a shirt on. Okay. Shirt, and you know, for the first like three hours, I uh, you know, played topless just just to be that guy. <laughs> I was about to say, I wonder how many speed runs there are of of trying to play through the game without putting any clothes on. Oh, every speed run does that. It's a lot every, faster every sp- <laughs> not to uh, put on clothes. Sure, sure, that makes sense. Didn't you? I think I saw on Twitter that you played for several hours without finding a weapon. Is that true? That is true. This game has a really broken combat system, Hmm. or a weapon system. Um, I should probably... I think I'm at the point where I could just look up this information on the internet, should how to get, like, the good sword of the game. Mm -hmm. But that's been traditional in the Zelda games, like uh, the Master Sword. Every game seems to have its own little quest to get the Master Sword, Mm -hmm. which is the famous, fantastic sword used to defeat evil. Mm -hmm. But um, this game... uh, it's one of those games where the weapons have a durability, so it's like I swing yeah. my sword 20 times and then it breaks. And I can only carry like a maximum of five swords at a time. In order to increase that number, I have to do endless the, like search quests. So like, ugh. Uh. That, was, that was kind of not good. Also, I'm finding problems finding a place just like to refill my health, if that makes sense. I can't, I can't, I still haven't found any good place to refill my health, and so, it, I don't know, it's sad. The other games had, like, places where you could easily refill on health, this one appears not to. Actually, that, um, that reminds me, we've been playing Super Mario Odyssey on the, also on the Switch. Mm-hmm, I want to get that one. I've yeah, got a I mean- hold on it at the library, so that'll be good. I'm tw- I'm very torn between thinking it's awesome and wonderful and I'm having a great time. And also, and this is going to sound really strange coming from me, but I think parts of it might actually just be too easy. Like, there's a, there's a lot of parts in the game where it just feels like I'm just kind of jumping and then I'm there and I solve the I solved the puzzle. I got the I got the moon. Like it feels like I ha- I don't like actually have to do that much in order to progress in the game if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um especially in the end game. This is this was kind of the turning point for me after you beat the game. Um I guess very 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 mild spoilers for anyone who hasn't played it yet, including Michael, but <laughs> it's there there's a there's a part where after you beat the game, you um you talk to a dude, you do some stuff and then suddenly like a bunch more moons just show up in the worlds and moons are like the stars of this game right like or the shrine or the shines i guess in galaxy yeah they're the they're the things you have to collect to progress and it just seems like it just seems like it's very easy to get them like i've been uh, the beginning first chunk of the game like it's you got to collect these things and then all of a sudden the things are everywhere. It's just like, well, what, is, what did I do? The, why did I do all that jumping and stuff if you're just going to give them to me? You're, you're devaluing these 
these moons tremendously. Interesting. I Because they did that in Super Mario Galaxy 2. Uh, they called them green yeah. stars, I believe. Okay. But basically, it would be uh, just like that. So, you know, say the... I don't even know the names of any of the planets. Galaxy Glide planet, let's say. Yeah. So say that planet has, uh, you know, three different stars in that particular level. And so at the end of the game, you unlock the green stars. And they've just hidden three different green stars somewhere in the level. You you just mm-hmm. need to search for them and then just jump to get them. That's all. It's not like you have to solve a puzzle or anything. It's mm-hmm. not like you have to win a race or, you know, whatever challenges you normally get for the normal stars. It's just... It's just floating around somewhere in the level. Usually it's kind of hidden, so you have to look around for it, but there's generally nothing blocking it. Yeah. No, I mean, a lot of these hidden ones, or a lot of these bonus ones, aren't even, like, really hidden. It's just like you turn a corner, hey, there, there's one, I'm gonna go get it. Yeah, that was it like just, half of It just of them. seems so weird to me <laughs> about, we made, a, we made a game about collecting these things, and now, now that I've collected enough, here's a bazillion more... To, that are just kind of everywhere. Like, I don't know. It, it, it felt like I wasn't working. And again, this feels really weird for me to say because I'm usually like, I'm, I'm a dude who plays games on easy mode. I play games that are made for small children on easy mode. And I still felt like there are parts, there are like a big swaths of this game that were just like, I'm just jumping and then I got a thing and I didn't really have to work hard or even plan any sort of strategy. I just got it. So I don't know. I, I for the most like eighty percent of the game, I was I was pretty into it. The the worlds are all super imaginative. I I really loved uh, New Donk City. I think that was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. I really loved the 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 world you unlock at the end of the game. But I don't know. Oh yeah, two player mode. How how does two player mode work on um this game or on the Switch in general? Because I you know. I've been trying to find a two-player game that I can play with with the kid, but um, I think they require like a different controller. So we didn't play two-player mode. We just took turns playing as Mario. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> because I think the uh, the official two-player mode that's built into the game is I think one person plays as Mario and the other person plays as Mario's hat. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that sounds so weird, but it's it makes sense in context. I know. Yeah, because it's a game about a sentient hat. Whatever. Um, the impression I got was <laughs> it's that- <laughs> a game about a sentient hat. <laughs> the impression I got was that it was a lot closer to uh, isn't it in Mario Galaxy where player two can like shine the Wiimote on the screen and collect stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like just kind of point. I think it was a lot closer to that than it was to like any of like the new super mario brothers games where you have mario and luigi jumping around on the screen at the same time i think it was sort of a someone's watching the game where you want to join in and and do some stuff kind of mode so we actually yeah like i said we never played it the whole time we never tried that uh because we both wanted to play as mario and and do mario things (laughs) jump around basically didn't want to do hat things the hat but the hat is the best ca- it's cappy cappy that's yeah, his course. name yes right. i don't know I, I i hope nobody from game call is listening to this because i i think i i peeked in on the discord when uh, mario odyssey came out and everyone was very happy and excited by the game so i think i think the fact that i'm increasingly lukewarm toward it is uh is perhaps an anomaly this is yeah, it's gonna be fun because I'm like I'm not liking the Zelda game. You're not liking yeah, right. The Mario and these game. These are like these are like two of the games that are gonna be like very very high on everyone's game of the year ballots for uh, ten out of for, ten. Yeah, yeah. 
Ah, uh, that half. I feel like that happens a lot. We have. Oh, oh sorry. I, I shouldn't speak for you. I have a bad. Ta- I have bad taste in games frequently. So <laughs> it is what it is. Um, this uh, this segues pretty well into uh, our our listener question this uh, month. Um, from uh, Twitter. Um, believe it or not, from Elizabeth Pfeffer. She would like to know. What games would you have liked to see done over differently? I'm going to go with Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> so would you like Breath of the Wild to be more of a closed world instead of an open world? Yeah, more of a closed world. Or, you know, um, I mean, getting back to, like I said, like every Zelda game since 2003 has mm-hmm. sort of had this uh, problem where... Um, they could easily make the overworld half as large and the still it wouldn't really diminish the quality of the game whatsoever because um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of empty space in these overworlds. I think part of the problem is that I you know there are monsters you know sort of roaming around the overworld so but I never like fighting the monsters especially because you know I can only use my sword 20 times before before it breaks <laughs> and I, I want to save like That is a very strange design decision by the way. I want to save I want to save the super good sword for for like the boss battles. I think I wasted the super good sword actually on a not important boss battle. <laughs> but uh yeah, so I just I just run away from enemies. I find that much more <laughs> It's hilarious. Uh, satisfying than actually stopping the fight the enemies, if that makes sense. <laughs> that seems like a legit way to play it, sure. <laughs> I guess if, while well, uh, while staying on that topic, I would have loved uh, Mario Odyssey to be, like, a real legit cooperative game. Like, what was it, Super Mario 3D World on the Wii U, I think? Did you play that one? Uh, no, I didn't play any Wii U uh... games, ever. Oh, oh, that was Wii U had some of the best Mario games, I think. Um, again, possibly an unpopular uh, opinion, but I mean that game proved that you could do a 3D uh, platformer game with multiple players, and it works out just fine. I, I really wish uh, Super Mario Odyssey had been sort of designed with that in mind, um, so that we could have played at the same time instead of taking turns. Not that taking turns didn't work out, but um, I don't know. I enjoy that. It was also weird that there weren't like. There's no power-ups in the game, which I guess makes sense because the hat is your power-up. Like, you throw your hat onto different creatures and become those creatures, and that's sort of the the big gameplay hook. Um, I missed my fire flower and my tanuki suit. <laughs> it was It's sad, it's sad running around and, and breaking open question blocks, and the only thing that's in there is stupid coins. I don't want coins. Give me a cape. Uh, man... I hope nobody listens to this podcast. <laughs> we said some stuff about some popular games. Oh, yeah. Now I remember. <laughs> yeah. I think you played the, the, the GameCube Zelda game, or at least to the point where you know who Midna is. Uh, Was that Twilight Princess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I played I mean, uh, for a while, almost every Zelda game, I played the first, like, until the first dungeon, basically, until I got bored. So I th- I'm pretty sure I met Midna, or I very least watched Lizzo playing. Uh, yeah, playing you met her. Game. So, I mean, I wish yeah. they had a character, or, you know, like, characters in general in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> or any characters. It's, oh. it's uh, apparently, I missed out on the character in, like, the first five minutes. Apparently, you were supposed to see them. That's part of the reason why I don't like the open world games. Apparently, I go, you know, 
the route that's obvious to everybody is not the route that's obvious to me. <laughs> Dude, that happened to me in uh in Fallout 3. Um I had been like reading all these reviews and all these people talking about how cool the dog character is. Man, I love this dog. The dog's so cute and fun and useful. I never found the darn dog the entire time I played the game because I went like slightly in the wrong direction from the beginning. So I missed not only the dog, but like the first two like quests. And I kind of like jumped into the story, like several quests into it. And it let me do that. <laughs> yeah, that was me. I went too far to the yeah. right after leaving yeah, the exactly. cave and I totally <laughs> missed out on the old man character. <laughs> and so when he shows up later, I'm like, who is this guy? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a weird thing about this kind of game, huh? That, that stuff like that can happen, and they, they have to allow for that. <laughs> and they have to... Maybe if they had better variables, though, they could have had something in there. If met old guy, do this. If didn't meet met old guy, do this. Yeah, if didn't meet met old guy, he should introduce Int- himself introduce during the first old cut guy. scene where he shows up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I guess that's mostly my fault. I guess that's probably. I bet there are weapons by him. He probably gives you a sword or something. <laughs> probably as a dog, too. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> I was so upset about that. When I played Fallout 4, like, I immediately, the first thing I did was read a walkthrough about how to find the dog so that I made sure I didn't miss it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm definitely, uh, uh, ever since hitting, like, a walkthrough, um, that's been a really great help. I mean, not Mm -hmm. like I'm getting lost in the game, or not like I'm getting, like, super stuck in the game and can't figure out what to do, but I it's just so open world and wide that it's like, no, I need somebody to tell me this is where I'm going. This is what I need to do next. I can't yeah, just I, wander I, around I, and do, you know, unlock the hundred different quests or whatever. No, I, I totally agree. Like linear games like are not hot right now, but like, that's what I like. <laughs> I like playing through a set story. I, I mean, I guess I like it when you have dialogue options that can vary, you know, people's reactions and, and story moments. But I like, I like going from point A to point B instead of like going around in a circle and trying to figure out where point B is and whether you're even supposed to do point B yet. Yeah, what I like is a mixture of that. Um, there are a couple of Nancy Drew games like that. Um, just finished playing Ransom of the Seven Ships, which is a mixture in that, you know, uh, what you need to do is uh, you need to find these six different dials uh, and in order to access the endgame challenge. And each different dial is hidden by its own separate meta puzzles. So you could do those meta puzzles in pretty much any order you want, mm-hmm. but you've still got a very firm end goal in mind, which is I need to find all six of these things. I think in uh, Curse of Blackmore Manor, it's like these six different towers, and it's like you can technically do them at any point, but Curse of Blackmore Manor was a lot better in that it it had what you were describing, the A to B storyline, in addition mm-hmm. to this sort of wide open, you can do the six meta puzzles in any order you want. Yeah, I don't know. I like my A to B. Maybe that's another reason why I liked uh, Mario 3D World more than uh, Mario Odyssey, which, I mean, 3D World was like just a basic like levels Mario game. Like you do level one, then you do level two, then you do level three. I like that. <laughs> I, I like when there's levels and not just an open world with a bunch of moons scattered around. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
think uh, I think that about does it for this month. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, yeah, we can stop yeah. there. <laughs> are there any are there any other games we want to insult first? Uh, oh, what's another popular <laughs> game? Uh, oh, Undertale. I heard Undertale's real garbage. I hate that game, dude. Undertale, more like. Uh, Overtale, because I am so Wait. over that series. <laughs> More like Overfail. <laughs> yes. Oh, but I can't say that. I don't really dislike it. I haven't played it enough to determine if I dislike it yet or not. <laughs> I've never heard of it. What's Undertale? You've never heard <laughs> Oh, it's an RPG. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I need, I need to cut us off. <laughs> All right, that that about does it for this episode. Uh, you can, if you still want to, after the last ten minutes or so, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Paul M. Franzen. Michael is at Argelfump, spelled exactly as it sounds. Uh, you can check out all of our games on Steam or itch.io, or just visit oarock.com for the complete library. Our theme song is Dead Monster by March of the Danger Men. You can check them out on SoundCloud. Um, and we have a new game that just came out uh, last month. The Francie Drew and Friends Collection, a collection of uh, short, weird, fun uh, visual novels. Uh, so please uh, check that out if you haven't yet. Uh, and if you have any questions about game development or our games specifically, we would love to hear about them. Just email them to podcast at oarock.com. Hey, there's another thing I use uh, oarock.com for, email. <laughs> uh, and yeah, anything you uh, wanted to add, Michael? Um... Uh, no. <laughs> Alright. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Diana Gray, as we talked about in the last podcast, she'll be playing the prosecutor. Um, not Good Always Wins, the actual name. Um, Dinah Goodwin. Yeah, no, I mean... Um, Vic Berger. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> God, I wasn't ready for this. Um, Winston Payne. You're mess- You're just messing me up now. Um, no, her name, she has her characters. Oh, God. It's Dinah Goodwin. I said no, that no, her, uh, no, she's good always, but she's good. Her uh, username, it's good always wins when she's a DA, but when she's a prosecutor, it isn't it. Is it always good always wins? Um, oh gosh, I don't remember. Yeah, now. see, see. Oh, that's what you were getting at. Yeah. Okay. Uh, fine, I'll actually just look it up. I'll just, just, <laughs> yeah, we'll just look it up at the same time and see who, yeah. who gets to it first. Okay. It's fine. I'm going to cut this all out of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't Stop Defending. And Diana Gray, who's going to be playing Don't Stop Defending, the prosecutor. She'll be recording soon. Uh, And, of course, Uh, I'm pretty sure Don't Stop Defending is the defense attorney. Uh, (laughs) It's got the word defending in the name. (laughs) (laughs) I have to re-record this whole thing now. I hate podcasts. (laughs) All right. Um...